Good morning. My name is Anna Friedrich, and I'm honored to be sharing the word with you this morning. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We say this every week after the psalm reading. Maybe you say it more than that if you do morning prayer, midday prayer, or Compline. We said it just minutes ago after Ruth and Steve's beautiful reading. Thank you for that. These words are a little praise song. Though we say them, we don't sing them. Some traditions do sing them. And I admit I have my own little tune in my head when we say them together. It's a doxology we are saying together. Doxology simply means glory words or praise words. And we give this sentence of praise to God, glory be, after the psalm. Have you ever wondered why? We say glory to the Father, to the Son, to the Spirit. It is very Trinitarian. We say, as it was in the beginning, that phrase should be quite a flag for Christians. In the beginning, makes you think of John 1, of Genesis 1, is now and ever shall be. That's pretty all-encompassing. But then we have another phrase, world without end. Amen. Why all this after the psalm? Christians have been saying or singing this doxology sometimes referred to by the first few words in Latin, the Gloria Patri, for centuries. One source I read said that there's evidence of these words from the third century, another from the sixth. But either way, this glory be is old. I think it is a joyful thing to add our voices to an ancient praise song like this. And it's not a questionable one. Do, you, do I really want to add my voice to this? You might ask, well, yes, it is very orthodox. It has a lovely pace and it's quite concise too, isn't it? It gives glory to God, the triune God, and then simply states, this is how it's always been. The one true God is glorified. This is how it's always been. This is how it always will be. And then this beautiful little word, amen. May it be so. It's like a little yes we get to say. Even now we are saying glory be. The Gloria Patri is not directly out of the Bible, but there are doxologies all through scripture. Paul is quite well known for his doxologies. You might think of him as a, you know, one who's logical, who's arguing a fine point in theology, but he is also poetic. And there are many times where St. Paul seems to have to pause and get on his knees or get on his face. And he breaks out into doxology. He says, oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God in Romans 11. 
He says, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. In First Timothy. There are doxologies sprinkled all through the book of Revelation, which is not surprising. This book where we get a peek into the throne room where people are worshiping God. There is glory be happening there. But in the Psalms, especially, we find doxologies. In fact, the whole book was collected, was ordered. It is directed toward a doxology, a praise. In fact, the last five Psalms from 146 on, they are doxologies. They are hallelujah Psalms. They begin with praise the Lord. They end with praise the Lord. And so all 150 Psalms are culminating. These prayer poems are intensifying in praise. The scholar James Mays notes an increasing dominance by hymns of praise as you move through the Psalms, an increasing dominance of praise. And it all culminates in the last sentence of the Psalter. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It feels like there should be exclamation points there. There are not exclamation points in Hebrew, but there is repetition, which is kind of like an exclamation point. Twice it says, hallelujah, praise the Lord. This movement in the Psalter towards intensifying praise seems to reveal that prayer, which is what the Psalms are, right? Conversing with God, waiting on God, listening to God. Prayer, honest prayer, always eventually leads to praise. Leads to a doxology, to a glory be. And we are training ourselves in this with our weekly response to the psalm. We hear a prayer, we join our heart to it, and we say, glory be, praise his name. There are psalms, however, after which it is easier to say this, glory to the Father and to the Son. And there are psalms after which it's harder. Like Psalm 88 ends with, you have taken, speaking to God, you have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. That's hard to follow up with. Maybe we need a little more pain, a little more pause in our voices, in how we respond after a psalm like Psalm 88. Or Psalm 120 ends with, too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. War is the last word in Psalm 120. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Do you feel the tension there of responding with that? 
I will say the Psalms that end on such a note are pretty rare. I spent November and December of this past year chanting the Psalms. I mean, I did other things besides just chant the Psalms. I have a job in a family. But during my Bible reading time, um, I tried to chant the Psalms. I have not been trained in this. It's not like I went to a monastery and learned how to do it. I just made it up as I went along because I wanted to enter them, to hear them, and to pray them in a new way. And I did. And I am glad to report to you, they do overwhelmingly end in words of praise, of trust, of hope, of confidence. They are doxological. And not just in that more of them end that way, but as I've already said, the whole book ends in this robust commanding, 10 commands to all sorts of things to praise the Lord. So even given that some Psalms harder to follow up with the Gloria Patri, some are easier. I have good news. Our Psalm for today, Psalm 130, it is one of the easier ones to follow up with this glory be. Granted, it starts in the depths. The psalmist is not on a peak, not winning, not part of those few industries that crushed it in 2020, not one whose kids are just thriving in Zoom school. No, this poet prayer is crying out to God out of the depths. That is a good word for us. That's been a good word for me this week. If you don't feel like you're thriving, if darkness is a close companion, if you feel I am for peace, but there is war, violence, injustice all around, if you feel like you are in a pit, like there are dirt walls surrounding you, barely any light of day can reach down there. Friends, cry out to him. You can. Not only can you, you better. You must cry out to him. You're in the Valley of Baca that Ryan preached us out of a few weeks ago. Say, Lord, hear my voice. Listen to my cry for mercy. If you have your own Bible in front of you right now, open to Psalm 130, you can probably tell there are four distinct parts in this psalm. The first is simply what I've just said, this crying out to God, crying out to Yahweh for mercy. And that is another prayer we practice a lot in this fellowship. Lord, in your mercy, I can't hear you, but hopefully you said, hear our prayer. And our psalm begins right there in that same prayer for mercy. And then it moves into part two, to the need for forgiveness. This is revelatory because any genuine crying out to the Lord will lead to an awareness of sin. That is not a very cool thing to say right now. 
but I believe it. That's the truth. That will happen. You cry out to God, you draw near to God. There will be an awareness of things we've done and things we've left undone. Things that have been sinful. But this isn't browbeating in our psalm. This is just stating the truth. And it's posed in a question. The question is, Lord, if you kept a record of sin, if you are a calculating, bookkeeping, filling your heavenly halls with slate after slate of tally marks of every sin, keeping records upon records of wrong, if this is what you are like, Lord, the psalmist asks, who would pass that test? I love the exact words, though. Who could stand? The answer that's implied is no one. But then in comes one of the great buts in scripture. But with you, there is forgiveness. One commentator I read said, there's an article in the Hebrew here before forgiveness. But with you, there is the forgiveness. Forgiveness belongs to God. It is his. He is the author of it. He is the one true forgiver. Then we move to the third part. We've got crying out to God. With God, there is forgiveness. And the third part is all about waiting. This is not a season in which we want to hear more about waiting, is it? Waiting for the vaccine to be distributed to those most in need, waiting to hug people, waiting to see family and friends, especially those in assisted living in nursing homes, waiting to take off these masks, waiting for anxiety to lessen, waiting for kids to go back to school, waiting for our whole church family to be together again, waiting for our next rector, waiting for a shared meal at a friend's table. There are so many more things we're waiting for. I imagine some are bubbling up in you even now. You can say them out loud at this point if you want. So we can easily situate ourselves in part three of this psalm. Waiting, 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 waiting. The word is used five times. But it's not just waiting for something to be fixed, waiting for circumstances to change, but specifically it is waiting for the Lord. That's different. That's not to say we don't need the Lord to change things, to heal things, to redeem things. In fact, that's where we are headed in this psalm, redemption. But what a different internal posture to say, to pray, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. And you know where I'll put my ultimate hope while I wait? 
not in a new administration, not even in a vaccine, not in my portfolio, not in how my children are doing, not in my sexual fulfillment, not getting into the school of my dreams. In his word, I will put my hope, the psalm says. In all this waiting, I hope in what God has said. God has spoken, God still speaks. Friends, in order to put your hope in God's word, you need to be in it. You need to read it. It's a new year. You need to study it. In the words of Malcolm Geith, you need to open it only to realize you are being opened. You need to read it and find that you are being read. And while this psalm is surely referring to God's word, putting your hope in God's word as scripture, as the Bible, let's not forget that Jesus is revealed as the word of God. He is the most important thing God wants to say to us. Lastly, part four, something changes in part four. This psalm has been an individual crying out to God for help. But this part begins with Israel. Put your hope in the Lord. It's a beautiful turning beyond himself. The psalmist turns his attention to the whole community, the people of God, and says, put your hope in God, people. And not just a blind hope. He tells us why we put our hope in God. Here's why. We get two more withs. Stay with me. We already got one. With him is forgiveness. We saw that back in verse four. Now we get two more. With him is steadfast love, unfailing love. If you're familiar with the Old Testament a bit more, this is hesed. I wish I could spend 20 more minutes on said, but I can't. But this is what you get when you are with God. Forgiveness, steadfast love, and then the third with, full or plentiful redemption. I, I don't, these are the best things. Full redemption. Woo! Almost dropped on my notes. Full redemption, the third thing with God. To redeem is to bring things back into right relationship. To redeem, to rescue, to restore, to renew, to recreate, all the re-words. This is what is with God. Forgiveness, unfailing love, plentiful redemption. So I just want to leave you with this simple question. Are you with him? It is good to be with him. This is what he shares with you. Forgiveness, unfailing love, plentiful redemption. Are you with him? Are you with him? Glory to the Father 
and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.